0: Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.
1: It's Wednesday, August 30th. This is The Gateway. I'm Brian Moline, in for Wayne Pratt. A rare bee was spotted in the St. Louis region for the first time since the late 1800s.
0: The incidence of rare species still finding rare species, that gives us some information that at least around here there are pockets that are doing pretty well.
1: We'll get the buzz on this rare sighting from St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson in just a few minutes. The Federal Emergency Management Agency announced yesterday it's giving more than $7 million to help reduce flooding impacts in the St. Louis region. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports the money will buy out 11 properties in Webster Groves, Ladue, and University City. These are residential properties in the region at risk of damage from repeated flooding from events like the massive rainfall in July last year. A little more than $3 million is going to University City to buy out three apartment buildings on Hafner Court. U-City Director of Planning and Development John Wagner says they're right next to the River De Pere. Whenever there's a bad flooding event, these these apartments are underwater. People still have not moved back into the first floor of these apartments since the flood last year.
2: Wagner says it will take some months
1: for the buyout process to unfold. Eventually, the apartments will be demolished and the land will be converted to open space, which Wagner says could become a small park or filled with wildflowers. I'm Eric Schmidt, St. Louis Public Radio. Utility workers with the Missouri Public Utility Alliance, or MPUA, are headed for Florida to assist with recovery efforts expected from Hurricane Adalia. Preparedness coordinators in Florida issued the call for support yesterday. Workers from 13 cities in Missouri left from their hometowns throughout the day and will meet for staging in Jacksonville. Carrie Cordray is a spokesperson for MPUA. They are planning to be there and to be dispatched to the Jacksonville area or other areas as it's appropriate after damages from the storm to help with a quicker recovery from any power outages. The crews will have more than 40 utility vehicles and other equipment. A person in St. Louis County has tested positive for the West Nile virus, marking the first case of the mosquito-borne disease in the county so far this year, according to county health officials. The blood of three blood donors also tested positive for West Nile, they said. According to the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services, there have been five probable cases of the West Nile virus reported in the state so far this year. Health workers earlier this month confirmed a case in St. Louis. The West Nile virus is rarely fatal, but in some patients can cause fever and flu-like symptoms. In extremely rare cases, it can damage a patient's brain or spinal cord. West Nile virus is spread when mosquitoes are active during the summer and early fall. Health officials say wearing long sleeves and pants and using bug repellent with DEET can help prevent its spread. A 17-year-old resident of Lake St. Louis has been named one of five national student poets. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, Shangri-La Ho will spend a year promoting poetry in the Midwest and beyond. The next round of national student poets begin their terms in the fall with an appointment ceremony in Washington, D.C., Shangri-La Ho is a student at John Burroughs School in Ladue, where she leads the Student Poetry Club and Literary Magazine. As the national student poet representing the Midwest, she'll give readings, lead workshops, and promote poetry to fellow students.
2: It definitely means that I'm going to be able to engage more with the literary community on a nationwide scale, which is huge for me. I'll get to meet a lot more writers and just get to get my work out there a lot more. Ho hasn't yet
1: selected the year-long service project she'll also lead, but she's brainstorming ideas for programs that could involve local libraries and museums. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri prisoners will no longer be able to receive books from friends and family starting September 25th. The Missouri Department of Corrections says the new policy is intended to keep drugs from arriving in the mail, and incarcerated people will still be able to buy books for themselves and borrow them from the library. Dylan Piles is co-founder of Liberation Lit, a Kansas City group that ships free books to Missouri and Kansas prisons. He says most of the people who contact the group can't afford to buy their own books. Books are one of the main ways that folks who are serving time or incarcerated are able to create a lifeline with the outside world. And to limit that access in any way, to me, is truly like cruel and unusual punishment. Missouri prison policy already requires all books be ordered from vendors like Amazon and to be shipped directly to prisons so they can't be intercepted or contaminated with drugs. Illinois' governor is asking the Biden administration to allow the thousands of migrants in Chicago who are seeking asylum to hold jobs. Jim Meadows reports. Governor J.B. Pritzker told reporters at the Farm Progress Show in Decatur that the migrants are in the country legally while they await hearings on their requests for asylum. He wants the federal government to allow asylum seekers to take jobs in the meantime to relieve the state's labor shortages. We have jobs available. In Illinois and in the ag community, we have jobs available. We'd like them to be able to work rather than for us simply to be supporting them while they're waiting for their hearing. Uh, it seems better for all of us putting them to work, letting them support themselves. Pritzker says he and Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson made the request in a letter Monday to Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. He says he's also had several talks with White House and Cabinet officials on the subject. I'm Jim Meadows. The rare lemon cuckoo bumblebee is facing a population decline, but recently the bee was spotted in a Belleville garden. It's the first time one's been sighted in the St. Louis region since the late 1800s. St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson spoke with the photographer Ned Siegel and Nicole Miller-Struttman, an associate professor of biology at Webster University, about the bee and what its arrival says about the state of bees in the region.
2: Ned Siegel had no idea the photo he captured of a bee in his Belleville garden was a rare lemon cuckoo bumblebee.
1: I knew it was different, but I didn't know it was going to be that different. And so it was, came as a shock.
2: But he has put in a lot of work into his garden so that the bees will come.
1: I've been enriching my garden with respect to the diversity of native plants that I have. And at the same time, I'm removing some of the non native
2: Siegel took the photo during the annual Shutterby Citizen Science Program survey. He uploaded the photo to the program's shared database, where it was confirmed. Nicole Miller-Strutman is an associate professor of biology at Webster University and the head of the Shutterby program. She says once she saw the photo,
0: she knew it was a big deal. We knew pretty quickly. I actually got flagged on it from my co-creator of Shutterby, Nina Fogel, and she sent googly eyes with it, like, oh, oh, look what we have here. And I looked it up, and I was like, all right, we need to verify before we get too excited. And lo and behold, yeah, we had a really cool rare bee. What makes this bee so unique? It's a type of bee called a parasitic bumblebee, a kleptoparasitic bumblebee, so a stealing bee. Um, And what they do is they lay their larvae in the nests of other bumblebees. So they don't actually take care of their young. They allow their um, neighbors to do it for them, if you will. Inherently, that type of a lifestyle, if you will, because you're so dependent on another species, the population sizes tend to be kind of small anyway. So they don't tend to be super, super abundant. But this bee in particular, we're at the southern and western part of its range. And it's been known from the area But it's been a long time since we've seen it.
2: So this particular bee is experiencing a population decline. How has climate change possibly led it here?
0: We think perhaps in Illinois it might be stable, but we don't really have quite enough data to know because it's so rare, right? But what is the future, and one of the reasons I was excited to see this still, because as I mentioned, it's at the southern part of its range, it's still managing to hold on. Bumblebees across the globe are exhibiting population declines, so their populations are getting smaller because of heat. They have behaviors that help them manage it to some degree, but for species that are in areas that are heating up and that are maybe at the edge of their range, where that's where we're really seeing the declines the most.
2: And as you mentioned These bees depend on a healthy hive for a chance for survival. What does that say about the state of bees in the area?
0: I think it's promising. The incidence of rare species still finding rare species, that gives us some information that at least around here, there are pockets that are doing pretty well. And, And that is encouraging.
2: Well, what could other citizen scientists be doing to possibly help those particular bee populations thrive?
0: organisms, native organisms, they need some of the resources that we often cut back at the end of the year. So if you have a little patch of um, lawn or if you have a balcony that's currently empty that would just love to have some flowers in it, creating flowers or providing lots of different kinds of flowers. And from, you know, the very beginning in April all the way through September and October, that is really helpful. But also maybe not cleaning up quite so much. We tend to cut everything back in the fall or in the spring, um, or we mulch over bare ground. So if we can allow a little bit of bare ground, which is where most bumblebees nest, the bees will find them and they will use them as nests.
1: That was Nicole Miller Strutman, an associate professor of biology at Webster University and head of the Shutterbee Citizen Science Program. She spoke with St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson about the recent sighting of the rare lemon cuckoo bumblebee. Our Jonathan All edited that piece. St. Louis Public Radio is a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Brian Moline. Have a great day.